Good morning and welcome to In the Word Network. I am Pastor Gail Bobino. This is the day that the Lord has made and I shall rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. We were supposed to have, uh, this is supposed to be a live show. Uh, we're supposed to have Minister Sampson Bukinia on the show, but we couldn't connect this morning. Um we will try to have him on next Monday or maybe sometime during the week. Uh, great man of God, him and his wife, uh, Brenda Bukenya, love them very much. Uh, we will have them on the him on the show because he's a great man of God, a great speaker. And uh, But we're going to go right into our message uh, in Isaiah 44, starting at verse 21. Um Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for this day that you have made, Father God. We thank you for life, health, and strength. We thank you for the peace of God that passes all understanding, Father God. Minister to our spirits this morning, Father God. Minister to our spirits, our hearts, Father God. Lord, calls us to hear, those to hear and, and to receive your word, Father God. In the name of Jesus, open up their eyes and ears, their hearts, in their minds this morning, Father God. Now, Lord, as we go forth in your word, we pray that you will be glorified in everything, Father God, because every everything comes from you. Every perfect gift comes from you, Father God. Father God, allow the Holy Spirit to teach us this morning. Now, Lord, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. I'm going to start reading. Uh, we're going to talk about how how God forgives and how he redeems us in that forgiveness. Amen. Amen. I'm going to start in Isaiah 44, verse 21. Remember these things, O Jacob and Israel, for you are my servant. I form you. You are my servant. O Israel, you will not be forgotten by me. I have wiped out your transgressions like a thick cloud and your sins like a heavy mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Shout for joy, O heavens, for the Lord has done it. Shout in triumph your depths of the earth. Break forth into jubilant rejoicing, you mountains, O forest and every tree in it, for the Lord has redeemed Jacob, Israel. Amen. He knows his glory in Israel. Verse 24, for the Lord, your Redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb says this, I am the Lord, maker of all things, who alone stretches out the heavens, who spreads out the earth by myself, frustrating the signs and confounding the omens of boasters. False prophets he's talking about, boasters, making fools out of fortune tellers, counteracting the wise and making their knowledge ridiculous confirming the word of his servant and carrying out his plan of his messengers. It is I who says Jerusalem, she shall again be inhabited and the cities of Judah, they shall again be built and I will raise up and restore her ruins. It is I who says to the deep, be dried up and I will make your rivers dry. It is I who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, ruler, and he will carry out all that I desire. Saying of Jerusalem, she shall be built. And all the temple, your foundation shall be laid. Amen. And we're talking about how God forgives his people, how God redeems his people. Amen. Amen. Return. He said, return unto me. And God is concerned about those. He was talking about those who have left him, who have, we call it backsliding, who have, who have left God, who have left him, turned their backs and left God. And this is why he say, turn those who turned away from him. He said, return to me. He said, return to me. And he was to get, letting them know to remember Remember the foolishness of these things, O Jacob. He was saying, remember these things. And how he says to Israel, you are my servant. You are mine. You belong to me. 
Amen. Verse 22, I have wiped out your transgression. I have right blotted out your transgressions. And how he did that, God did that. He said, I, I, he said like a thick mist, like a thick cloud, and your sins like a heavy mist. He said, return from return to me, for I have redeemed you, for I have redeemed you. And here he suggests that the idea that is the cloud that hides the sin from view. And what that means is that the sins of Israel are put away. The, the, just like when it's foggy outside, we know we, when, the, and the, when it's foggy outside, you really can't see anything. But when the sun and the wind come, start blowing and it drives it away, then it can be seen. And so, it, so, we, so the analogy here is God said, he said, I blotted. I have blotted out as a cloud, like a thinning away of the morning mist. Amen. A thinning away of the morning uh, mist. And I, th I think that's a great analogy. You know, sin is rebellion against God. We know that sin has always been a rebellion against God. We know sin. We know uh, God and sin can't coexist in our life because what? Sin separates us from God. So you have sin, then you have that cloud, that cloud that God blots it out. He said, I blotted, I wiped out. So what happens is before God blots out that sin, you have you, have you sin, and then you have God. So sin is the between, amen? So sin is that between. So what God does when he wipes it out, when he wipes or he blot out, that means that cloud comes down and covers that sin. So therefore that sin is no more. He said, all, he said I've blotted out your transgressions. He said like a thick cloud and your sin like a heavy mist. He said, return to me. Return to me. So when we sin and we ask for forgiveness, that sin is gone. That sin is no more. God has blotted out that sin. This is why repentance is so important. When we repent, it is so important. It removes, it removes that barrier between us and God when we repent of our sins. Amen. From the heart. Amen. So the idea here is that God has totally, uh, uh, the idea of total forgiveness of sin. Amen. Let's go to, let me go to 40, uh, verse, let's go to chapter 40 of Isaiah. We stand in the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 40 and 2. Let's go to 40 and 2. Okay, 40 and 2 says this. It says, it says, speak tenderly to Jerusalem and call out to her. That time of her compulsory service in warfare is finished. That her wickedness has been taken away. That she has received from the Lord's hand. Now look at that. It says that her wickedness has been taken away that means since her punishment that means since the, her punishment that the wickedness that mean a punishment is sufficient that means they receive what they they just do that she has received from the lord's hand double they had double punishment for all her sins they were punished for their sins. They went into exiles, exile, warfare. It refers to um, Israel in Babylon, their service that they had to do in Babylon. Amen. Amen. So they were paying for their sins. This is why God said, I blotted out your, I have blotted out your transgressions. 
I have blotted out your transgressions. Let's look at 43, 43 and 25 quickly. God says this, I only, I only, I am he who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not, I will, I will not remember your sins. He said he's wiped out their sins for his sake and will not remember their sins. And will not remember his sins. The Lord had chose to save and forgive. That's his choice. Just like when we're in sin, he chose, he chooses to save us and forgive us when we repent. Now, this is from his own character. Amen. He chose to save and forgive. And so here, this is why he blotted out Israel's sin. Amen. Because he chose to forgive. Then he said, he said, shout. For joy, O heavens, for the Lord has done it. Shout in triumph, you depths of the earth. Break forth the jubilant rejoicing, you mountains, O forest, and every tree in it. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob, and he shows his glory in Israel. Amen. He shows his glory in Israel, God has blotted out their sins. He's forgiven them. Now he's telling them to rejoice, to rejoice. Amen. And I like how the analogy is used of the blotting out of sin. You know, God is so good. He is so good and he's mercy. This is why the word said that his mercy is everlasting. You know, he talked about those who backslid. Even when we today, we back, we have black backslidden, you know, God wants us to return to him. He don't want us to stay in a state of sin. So we, we, we have to repent and come out of to, to get back in relationship with the Lord. So you can't have a between. We can't have a between us and God. Because that interferes with our relationship. And the in-between is the sin. Amen. So God covered their sin. And they were punished for it. There are always consequences for us when we sin. And so the work of redemption was wrought for us by Jesus Christ. Amen. And what that does, it encourages to hope for all the blessings that all the blessings that God brings, the blessings that God gives us. Amen. And our transgressions, meaning our, our transgressions, our sins um, are as a thick cloud between heaven and earth. And so as I was saying, how sin separates, sin separate between us and God. We don't want that. We want a close knit relationship with God. When we allow sin to come in between, let's just call it in between. It comes in between us and God. Then we cannot have a relationship with Christ. It's blocking, it's stagnating us from having that relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So it's a threat. It's a threat to our uh, salvation. Sin is a threat to our salvation. Why? Because it stands in between. But God, in his righteousness, in all his goodness, he forgives us and he redeems us back to him. Amen. He redeems us back to him. And this is what I love, love about God. He forgave Israel. He saved them and he forgave them. And he said that their punishment was enough. They served their punishment while they were in exile. Amen. There's always consequences for when we sin. Amen. There's always consequences there. Amen. And so God don't want us to be discouraged like Israel because he said, he, you know, let not Israel be discouraged, you know, because we know there's nothing too hard for God. He does as he please. He can do anything, but he saved Israel. So they didn't, he didn't want them to be in dismay. He didn't want them to worry, even though 
They were facing the consequences of their sinful behavior. Amen. Man, that is so powerful. And so the same thing with us. When we when we are in sin, yeah, punishment comes. We punishment. That doesn't we don't we do not escape punishment. Even though we even after we repent, we still are punished. But God forgave. He saved us and forgave us from that sin. Amen. But even though we repent, we still suffer the consequences. Amen. And when we look, when we learn to know who Christ is, when we know who Christ is, or when we when we study the word and and search the scriptures and and get to know the Lord Jesus Christ in the word, we can see that all the knowledge all knowledge is foolishness in comparison to the knowledge of God, to the knowledge of uh, of the word of God. Amen. To the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. We see all those things. This is why that when the when God designed the 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 favor of God's design for his people in captivity, we're told throughout the scriptures long before they went into captivity long before they would have, they would suffer great difficulty but then that was God what God does he always makes a way of their deliverance just like us we there are always we go through great difficulties in life when we sin when we turn away from the Lord and we know sin is blocking our fellowship with with Jesus Christ but guess what God is a deliverer and he redeems us back to himself. And we have, we know, we know that God knew, even with Israel, God knew who should be delivered, who, who, who should be the deliverer of his people. Amen. He knew, same today. He knew who would be the deliverer of his people. He knew who should, uh, and and let his church know and knew that they would have redemption through him because he said for I have redeemed you amen divine favor to his people amen and he was going to use Cyrus because he knew who was going to rescue Israel and that, that rescuer would be Cyrus he would use Cyrus and Cyrus does did his father's will. Amen. He did it until his work was complete. And so God knew who should be the deliverer of his people, and it would be Cyrus. And they and let and the church, everybody would know in Israel, amen, that he would be the deliverer until it was completed. Amen. And God talks about how and how the how uh, nature worship the people and nation ought to worship. Amen. He says, shout, O heavens, shout, O heavens. Amen. Shout for joy, O heavens, for the Lord has done it. For the Lord has done it. Amen. He has done it. Redemption. By the word. Amen. Redemption. Return to me. Hallelujah. Return to me. But God had redeemed them. He was telling them to rejoice, to rejoice. When we ask for forgiveness, do we rejoice after that because God has forgiven us and thank God? Do we sing and just begin to worship God because of his favor, because he has redeemed you back to himself? Amen. Because sin has stood between you and him for so long. And when you repented and asked for uh, forgiveness of your sins. Amen. God rescued you. He saved you and blotted out all your sins because you returned to him. He redeemed you back to himself. Amen. And verse 24 says for the Lord, your redeemer, he who formed you in the womb 
he who formed you in the womb. Man, because God said it, because God said it, it will come to pass. There's no doubt about that. God's word is sure. Amen. He said, I am the Lord, the maker of all things. He made known who he was. Amen. He made known who he was. And once God said he's going to redeem you, he's going to redeem you. He's going to pardon you. He's going to pardon you. Once God pardon you, God's favor, you know, his favor is awesome. His favor is awesome. And he was saying how in verse 24, it says how his, I am the Lord, thy maker. He said, for the Lord, your redeemer, he who formed you, formed the form you in from the womb says this, I am the Lord, the maker of all things who has stretched out the heavens, who has spread out the earth by myself, who has spread out the earth. That means representing the earth, um, just as it's often done in the scriptures as a plane. God was appealing to the fact that he alone had made the heavens and the earth as a demonstration that he was able, hallelujah, to accomplish what is said here in his word of the deliverance of his people. And this is the same God that made the heavens is the redeemer and the protector of the church today. Amen. And therefore the church is safe. The church is safe and cannot be harmed. And so his confirmation of his promises to the church and Israel. Amen. This is what we see. This is what the word has demonstrated to us. Amen. Among the, the restorations of the Jews by Cyrus, he used Cyrus. And a lot of people don't know that Cyrus was a Gentile. Amen. And God used him. God used him and he was faithful to the very end. He was faithful to the very end. Amen. And he said, 25, frustrating, frustrating the signs and confounding the omens, the boasters, the false prophets, the false prophets. We see a lot of those today still, still. Those are the people that he's talking to. He said the false prophets and those are the false prophets of uh, Babylon, of Babylon. The false, uh, the manner of the false seers of Judah. Uh, Jeremiah speaks of, speaks of them in uh, chapter twenty three, verses sixteen through seventeen. And they were predicted uh, for the kings of Babylon and a time of their prosperity and their peace. Amen. And he said he frustrated the frustrated. He frustrated the signs. Amen. And the Hebrew word for frustrated is breaking. That is destroying, destroying, rendering vain. And, 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 and that which necromancers, we see, we hear a lot about that. The diviners relied on certain demonstrations um, that what they predicted would be fulfilled. The necromancers, that's why he was saying the signs confounding the omens, the boasters. He said, so the necromancers and the, the diviners or diviners, they relied on certain demonstrations of what they predicted would be fulfilled. But God makes vain and, and make it, make it inefficient. It wouldn't, nothing would come to pass because it's false. It's done under, um, it's done under necromancy and, and diviners. You know, it wasn't done. God didn't do it. So he made it non-effect. So they predict everything they predicted did not happen. And the alleged proof that they were endowed with divine or miraculous power, it was in vain. It rendered in vain. It was in vain. And so God said that he was going to frustrate their signs. That means nothing they did would come to pass. Nothing they did. He said the deceivers, 
they would they when it come to pass the bolsters, the liars, meaning they conjure up. You ever hear somebody conjure up a story and it's a lie? They conjure up or false prophets. This is who they were talking about. And he will make the diviners mad, the diviners mad. That is, he will make them fools. He will make them uh, fools or deprive them of the wisdom of wisdom. They pretend to foretell future events like we see today. We see people trying to tell the future. We, Jesus been coming back since before I was born. They've been telling the same story, same story, and pretend to foretell the future events, but the event does not happen with the prediction. God orders it otherwise, and God made them out of fools. He made them unwise, and he made them look foolish. Amen? Amen. Let's continue on. Now, right here, he said, he said, counter, counteracting the wise and making their knowledge ridiculous. Verse 25, confirming the word of his servant and carrying out the plan of his messenger. He said he will confirm, confirm the word of his servant. In verse 26, he will, he will come to pass. That's what he's saying. When God confirms something, he, it comes to pass. It will come to pass. He said, confirming the word of his servant. Amen. He will confirm. Usually when God does something, he give a prophecy. Prophecy come. He will confirm the word of what has been spoken to us or what he's told us. Amen. And he was referring to uh, the prophets in general who have foretold the return of the Jews, who told, who prophesied that the Jews would return to their own land and the rebuilding of Jerusalem. This is who he was talking. He said, I will confirm. He will confirm the word of his servant. This is what he's talking about. Amen. And the counsel of his messenger, the prophets whom he sent to announce uh, the future events and give counsel and consolation to Israel. Amen. Amen. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. It says confirming the word and carry out the plan of his measure. It is I who says Jerusalem shall again be inhabited and the cities of Judah, they shall again be built and I will raise up and restore her, uh, Restore her ruins. It is I who say to the deep, be dried up and I will make your rivers dry. Verse 28, it is I who say to Cyrus, he is my shepherd ruler and he will carry out all that I desire, saying to Jerusalem, she shall again be, she shall be rebuilt. That means again be rebuilt and of the temple, your foundation shall again be laid shall be laid Isaiah here Isaiah mentions by name the king of Persia who would allow the Israelites to return to Jerusalem amen he would allow them to return to Jerusalem and he Cyrus was a chosen he was a chosen servant of God even though he was not an Israelite Isaiah's prophecy was made more than 150 years before it was fulfilled. That's a long time, 150 years before that his prophecy was fulfilled. A lot of times prophecies don't happen right away. They expect people expect to see results right away. There's a time and a place, you know, and I noticed you know, me being a prophet as well, you know, and other prophets, you know, they think when some, when God is prophesying something, it means future things that would come to pass in the future. And look what, how long it took for Israel. Isaiah's prophecy came to pass 150 years. It was 150 years before it was fulfilled. 150 years 
We must wait on the Lord. Amen. It's the first time that this is the first time that Isaiah, he even speaks of Cyrus, named Cyrus, called him by name, Isaiah. And he mentioned him only in one other place, in other one other place. And that was Isaiah 45 and 1. And when he said this, this is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, king of Persia, whose right hand I have held to subdue nations before him. And I will upgird the loins of the king, disarming them to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. Isaiah mentioned Cyrus twice. He mentioned him twice. And he put emphasis on his name. He mentioned him only in one other place. And that was Isaiah 45, one I just read. And he mentioned him, mentioned Cyrus in 44, Isaiah 44, 28. He would be, uh, he would be the one to say to God would use to save Israel. He said, he is my shepherd. In other words, a shepherd is one who leads and guides a flock. We know that. And then the, the word says by, uh, uh, like a natural, like a metaphor, a ruler or leader of the people. And the name that their name is given to Moses in, in, in Isaiah 43 and two, and in Psalm 77 and 20 and in Ezekiel 34, 23, the names here is given to Cyrus because God would employ him to conduct his people to their land. He would bring them to their land. The word my, my servant, the word my implies that Cyrus was under the direction of God and was employed in his service. He said, my shepherd. And he shall perform all that God would ask of him in destroying the city and kingdom of Babylon and delivering the Jews, uh, delivering the Jewish captives and rebuilding Jerusalem and the temple. And he says, even saying to Jerusalem. So that means that that is, I say to Jerusalem, the Vulgate, the subcontinent renders that this is meaning that meaning uh, as meaning God and not Cyrus. And doubtless, this is the true construction of how God demonstrated how he was going to bring Israel, the Israelites in, back into their land and out of captivity is one of the things which God would do. Uh, would do to say to Jerusalem, it should be rebuilt. So they had to come out of exile because God made a promise to them. He already had blotted out their sins. He said their punishment was enough. When we read in port in chapter 43, they've served their punishment and I have blotted out their sins and I have redeemed them. So I'm going to use my servant, my shepherd Cyrus to rescue them from Babylon. Amen. Amen. In other words, God said, I blotted, I've come before them. I brought the cloud down that, that faded out their sins. And the same with us today, God has blotted out our sins. This is why repentance is so important. Some of us go through and we suffer our consequences for a long time, but yet God will once God think that we suffered enough, our, our punishment, our, our punishment enough, just like Israel, he will come and he will send his servant, one of his servants to rescue us. Amen. This is why repentance is so important. Repent, repentance is so important. We take God for granted just because he forgives, just because he saves. And some of us have taken God for granted. We take his grace and mercy for granted. But it's so awesome to know that God forgives and he redeems us. Amen. He forgives and he redeems us back to himself. We must not take him for granted. Amen. We must not take him for granted. When we repent, it must be sincere. But don't think that you're not going to go through. Don't think that he cannot deliver you 
out of your circumstances. Don't think that God can't save you from whatever it is that you're caught in. Amen. But sin and God, sin separates us from God. Sin is the in between. Amen. And if God says that he will, once God say it, he does not change it. If God said that he's blotted out or wiped out your transgressions, wiped, wiped out your sins, that, excuse me, that means it is wiped out. But you don't continue in your sin. He used a heavy mist to wipe out their sins, a thick cloud, amen, a thick cloud. That cloud made it disappear. Sin disappeared. So sin, if sin is standing in between, sin is the in-between. If sin is standing in between you and God, get before the Lord privately and repent sincerely so you can come back close to God in relationship so you can stand side by side with the Lord. Amen. Until that sin is dissipated, it's an in-between you and God. It's standing in between you and your relationship, your salvation with God, your righteousness with God. Amen? But God forgives. You don't have to stay there. Once you come out of sin, get, get right back in right standing with the Lord. Amen? Amen? He forgives. He redeems. Amen. And that's what's so great about the Lord. He demonstrates it. He demonstrates it through his mercy, his power and his glory. He demonstrates that. Amen. Amen. The Lord redeems. He don't want you to stay in the same place. He saves. Just like he saved Israel, he will save the church. Amen. He said, I only, I am he who wipes out your transgression for my own sake, not for your sake, but for his sake. And I will not remember your sins. He said, I will not remember your sins. That's powerful. He's saying he won't even remember your sin for my own sake. He chooses to save and forgive. And that is the character of God. That's powerful. That is his character. No one can change his character. Amen. He, he If he said he's going to do it, he will do it. He is the savior and he's the forgiver. He's the savior and he is the forgiver. Giver. So don't stay in that same place. If sin is standing between you and God this morning, there's room for repentance. God always hears us. Amen. God always hears us. This is why we know that um, we know that God is forgiven. He's patient. He's long suffering, not remembering your sin, but actually working out of forgiveness. Amen. Working out forgiveness. This is, this is God. And he's done this out through history. He's done this out through history. He's not remembering your sins, but actually working out of forgiveness and that's in history, causing to exercise the resources of omnipotence. Amen. God is all power. Deal, he, when he deals with his people, his handing them over to dominion of the heathens, how he did Israel in 4328. Uh, he says, so I will profane the officials of the sanctuary, and I will co-sign Jacob to destruction. In other words, I will subject Israel to defamation and abuse. This is what he was saying. This is why God does what he does. Even though he subjected them to uh, uh, defamation and um, um, abuse and handing them over to the heathens, what did he do again? He said he, was, he saved them again in his marvelous power. 
his marvelous. He, this is why he is so, God is so good. He's more than good. He's all seeing, all knowing. He saved them again. Even though he turned them over to the heathens, heathens he saved them again. And, uh, and then his prophets, they teaching about forgiveness. Amen. He teaches us about forgiveness. There's no, no better demonstration than Jesus Christ teaching us about forgiveness. He was bu uh, uh, bruised for our iniquity. He was um, beaten. I mean, he, they treated him horribly. But that's, and then he still forgave them out of all of that. This is why we as a church need to learn forgiveness. If God can forgive and redeem you and redeem us, then we should do the same thing. But we must repent so we can stay in that close-knit relationship with the Lord. That close-knit of the Lord. God doesn't want uh, Israel uh, had a broken covenant with the Lord. But what did he do? Even though he defamed them and and, and um, he defamed them and and he turned them over uh, uh, um, to abuse, but he still saved them. This is how God, he, his forgiveness and redemption, man, is powerful. And if you today, and I'm closing, but if you today, you know, want to pray, you know, want to ask God for forgiveness, you can just sit quietly and ask God from your heart, forgive you to forgive, forgive you of your sins and that you want a closer relationship with him. Amen. We have to get rid of the in between, which is sin. Get rid of that in between, which is sin. God forgives and he redeemed. He's faithful. He's faithful and he always pardon. Amen. You can't accept, you can't expect pardon if you, um, unless you, uh, seek it in faith. You want God to pardon you? Seek him. Seek for that pardon in faith, by faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. True repentance is what he looks for. And true repentance comes with newness of life by the hatred of sin and your love for God. Amen. We must put, we must re put in remembrance the promises that we make when we repent. Amen. We must remember those, those promises you made to the Lord when he, when we, when you repented, he's blotting out your transgression. Amen. He's proven who he is, but we must prove that we walk in faith and believe that he will forgive us of our sins. He's a forgiving God, but you can't continue in sin and think that his grace will abound even more. Amen. Because it's what the scriptures tell us that in Romans six, amen. I'm going to pray for those who, who want to repent. Those who want to come to God and repent of their sins and know that your transgressions are no more. Amen. Amen. Lord, we just thank you for the message that went forth this morning, Father God. Father God, if there's anyone this morning, Father God, that where sin is standing in between them and God, Father God. Lord, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will blot out, that you will wipe away that sin. Father God, and remember it no more as you did for Israel, Father God. And my Lord, I pray that those who are in sin will come and repent sincerely, Father God, because you, you save and you forgive. Amen. Your word said that you save and you forgive, Father God. And I'm praying that they would come sincerely and repent of their sin, Father God. Repent of their sins right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, we pray that their sin are no more, their sin are wiped out once they repent, Father God, and they will turn 
in faith and follow you, Father God, and have a close-knit relationship with you, Father God. Stay in the Word, studying it every day. To help them, Father God. The word helps us in our daily life. The word helps us abstain us from sin, Father God. When we study your word under the anointing, Father God. Hallelujah, Father God. I pray, we pray for deliverance this morning in the name of Jesus, Father God. We don't need an in-between. We don't need anything that takes the place of God. Sin cannot coexist in our lives, Father God. But we pray that those who are coming for repentance this morning, Father God, that you will hear them, Father God. That you will hear them and receive them, Father God. And that you will blot all blot out all their sins, Father God, and remember their sins no more. In the name of Jesus, because what when you say it, Father God, is done and it will come to pass and no one can change it. Once you say it, you demonstrate it, Father God. That's in your mercy, Father God, and your grace, Father. We thank you for that, Father God. This is the reason why we are here today. This is the reason why our sins are forgiven, because of your mercy and your grace, your power and your glory, Father God. You show us every single day, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You saves. You save. And you forgive. And you've demonstrated that also in the world, Father God. And save those today, Father God, that are coming forth to repent this morning, Father God. Now, Lord, we thank you and we praise you this morning. And we give you all the power, all the, all the glory and the honor this morning, Father God. And we thank you, Father God, to the listeners of this message this morning, Father God, that they will receive it. You will cause them to receive, that you will cause them to hear, Father God, and turn from sin and repent. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Thank you so much this morning. Uh, for stopping by to listen to this message this morning, Father. I mean, uh, I'm still thinking praying. I'm in a praying attitude right now. We thank you for stopping by uh, to listen to the message. And we pray that God will open up your hearts and ears uh, to, um, and that you were able to receive, amen, uh, receive the message. Um, prayerfully, we will have Minister uh, Samson Bukenya on. I We missed it. And... Um, I waited till about 520. Um, we waited to see if he was uh, able to connect. So we couldn't connect, but definitely we will have him on uh, next week. I will uh, call and touch bases with him next week. Amen. Touch bases with him next week. Uh, we're preparing to launch uh, the schools next next year, uh, in 2022, the launching of Kingdom Leadership School in Kampala, Uganda. And in Orlando, Florida, I'm so excited. Uh, I'll be heading back to Florida in March, prayerfully in March. Um, I'm so excited. The church doors will be open uh, next year. That's a welcome back in 2022. We're going forth. We got a rise from the ashes uh, conference uh, that is coming. Um, that will be coming up. A rise from the ashes. We have several events that are coming up and we will keep you guys posted. We will keep you posted. Uh, continue to go on Facebook. You can look on Facebook. We have a lot of things uh, coming up. We have, um, as I said, we have the Revival Church Conference Arise from the Ashes and that's going to be July 11th through the 15th. Uh, we have people globally that will be coming uh, for that event. Um, um, and also the welcome back, uh, our welcome back church service. That's welcome back 2022, uh, welcome back, uh, church service will resume, um, uh, next year. Uh, it'll be around March. Amen. We're, we're prayerfully March or April. And, um, so if there's a lot, we have a lot of events coming up. Amen. And then also we have coming, uh, September 20. September of next year, we have the Christian Center Global Church, which is um, our church. It's a church revival conference, a cleansing call coming from Psalm 5110, creating me a clean heart, O God, and renewing me a right spirit. That will be in Claremont, Florida. 
So we have a lot of events that are coming up and we will keep you informed. Amen. And please go to uh, the pages, my page, Pastor Gail Bobno, and we also have uh, Rocco Christian Center. I have two pages uh, in my name, but we also have Rocco Christian Center, uh, Florida. So you could just type that in and then you can see the events that are coming up. And if you desire to be a member, you can inbox me, uh, uh, messenger me, but we're coming back. Uh, we're coming, the church is opening and it's imperative that God's people uh, know the word of God. You know, we're in a season where, you know, where the world wants us to accept everything. No, we don't No, We don't. The church is not to accept what the world has to offer. The only one has to offer the church is God. Amen. And that's salvation. And that's heaven. Amen. But um, we. We, um, if you want to be a part of Rocco Christian Center Global, you can inbox me and, uh, you can inbox me or you can go to Facebook, send me, just send me a, a little message and, uh, then we'll go from there or you can message, uh, go to messenger and, um, and then I'll get back to you. But God is doing, going to do great things with Rocco Christian Center next year. And we just thank him so much for the enemy tried to stop stop and with all his attacks try to come against me and attack attack me that's because God is getting ready to uh in the next season of 2022 God is getting ready to uh use me like never before and I'm excited about it continue to pray for me continue to pray for the body of Christ everywhere amen we're one people the body of Christ continue to pray amen and pray I pray that we won't continue to accept what the world has to offer. We won't act like the world. It's not our job. We do not act like the world and then try to act like a Christian. We don't do what the world do, and we don't approve what the world do. We don't implement worldly values in the church. We don't implement anything from the world in the church, in the body of Christ. I don't implement any worldly values in Rocco Christian Center Global. The world has no place in the church. Amen. Amen. Well, this is all for today on Monday. Thank you so much. And I love you guys. All the listeners, thank you. God bless you. I pray that you have a victorious day, a victorious week. Amen. And whatever need need you have, I pray that God will meet your every need this morning. Amen. I pray whatever you're going through, that you know that God is a healer. Amen. Endurance. Endurance. Pray for endurance. Pray for patience. Amen. Persistency. Amen. If you believe in, in the word, pray for knowledge. If you want the word like never before, pray for knowledge. Stay in the word of God. Amen. So whatever your needs are, is this morning, I pray that God will meet your every need. I pray that God will bless your family this morning. I pray that God will bless you on your job, that promotion. Amen. I just pray that God will fulfill his purpose in your life this morning. Amen. God bless you and have a victorious week. <laughs>